praise you in this house. Thankful for the Lord. God's so good to us. Appreciate the Lord tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn for just a moment. And you can be seated while I'm reading tonight. I appreciate you standing, but go ahead and just be seated while tonight we're in our Bible study. And I want to read and uh, just teach on something the Lord laid on my heart just a week or so ago. Uh, Ephesians 4, Paul said this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Verses 11 through 16, he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, that means complete, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love." A lot of scripture, but uh, a pretty evident main theme throughout that uh, the unity that Paul desired for the body to have, and that it was, he indicated that it was uh, our responsibility, the church's responsibility, to make sure we are endeavoring to keep that. And so tonight I want to talk about the I in unity. I want to talk about the I in unity. Let's, let's just pray one more time for the lesson tonight. Lord, we again just love you and magnify you tonight. You're worthy of all glory. We thank you for your word, for the confidence it gives, for the peace it brings. Lord, open our hearts and minds to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Let us be reminded of your goodness and mercy always. And we're going to praise you for these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. One more hand clap and shout to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Thankful for you tonight, God. You're so precious and we thank you. God is good all the time. That's right. Uh, about a week or so ago, um, my daughter was on a, like a, I guess it was a, kind of like a podcast or a Zoom call or a, a video where they were her, Court Chavis, I think Mark Crowder, Myron Weidman, they were talking about uh, unity. And while they were talking about unity, um, I, I wanted to, I was like, I wish there was a way to call in right now because I said, I really have a good thought. And I said, I would like to just jump in on this, uh, what they were talking about. At, uh, but the Lord just began to develop something in me. Uh, and, I, and I'm not going to get to that, that part right off the bat, but I'll let you know when I'm there. 
but this unity is important because that's how the church started. The church started with unity. Um, when you look at uh, the book of Acts, you'll see in Acts 1 and 14, it said these, the, those disciples that had followed Jesus and had listened to his words, he had told them to go and tarry and that they were going to be filled with power from on high and that after the Holy Ghost had come upon them, they would receive power. And, and so while they were there, it says these all continued with one accord. That's unity. One accord, they, one place, one thing. They're, they're there for the same reason to receive this promise in prayer and supplication with the, win, with the women and, many, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. When you go to Acts 2 and 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And so, again, same place, same, same purpose. They were uh, unanimously together. That's, what they, that's the way you can look at that. And then in Acts 2, verses 42 through 46, after the Holy Ghost has already been poured out and people have been baptized and believing the, the message of the apostles, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, that's unity, had all things common, that's unity, and sold their possessions, goods, part of them to all men as every man had need. They continued daily with one accord, unity, in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, unity. So we see that uh, the church started out uh, unified. And if the world needs anything today, it needs unity. Because in the world, uh, the world would love to split us up, divide us up. Uh, you know, and the, the only unity we're going to see in this world ever will, will be whenever they decide to form that one world government and that one world religion. And they'll be trying to claim unity. But uh, the church was born out of unity. And so I have realized uh, that unity is my responsibility. Hey, in John 17 and 21, Jesus prayed that we would be one. Unity. Listen, I know, and here's, here's where the bump in the road hits a lot of people, is that because they say, well, salvation's personal, Pastor. You know, he's my personal Savior. That's what, uh, you know, the world says, that you, you got to have a personal relationship. And, and, and that's right. Well, yeah, it is personal. He is my Savior, but he's not just my Savior. Uh, he's... Everybody's Savior. And so that's a great unifying factor. But uh, I'm not saved, I know, by anybody else. There's nobody humanly possible that you, you can't save anybody on your own. I have to make the decision to believe the gospel. I have to make the decision to obey the gospel. I'm saved by Jesus Christ alone, for there's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. I know that uh, that's my decision. I get that. So, but that doesn't make you the lone ranger in this. No man's an island. You, you don't do this on your own. God did not save us to be a light unto ourselves. Come on now. In Matthew chapter 5, 
Boy, this, uh, just pull that up. Matthew 5 and 14. You are the light of the world. It's about others. He's saying somebody else in your world, you know, you may not ever travel overseas. You may never travel out of the state. A lot of people don't get out of their town. But wherever your world is at, you're meant to shine a light that they can see. It is not just for you. He said, a city that is set on a hill, it cannot be hid. And then he said, and men do not light a candle and put it under a bushel, but they put it on a candlestick and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Your light is for somebody else. Let your light so shine, or in other words, this is the way you're supposed to let your light be before men. Why? So that they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In other words, what you're doing a lot of times, you've heard people say you might be the only Bible anybody ever reads. You've ever heard anybody say that? Well, the Bible says we are living epistles read of all men. And so a lot of times what people will initially know about God and his love will come from the actions you portray daily. You do not get to have this and hide it and put it under a bushel and say it's mine and nobody else can have it. It's got to be shared and it will bring people to the unity of the faith to the knowledge of Christ. And uh, so it's, it's unifying people in what they believe. We can't be, well, this is going to believe that and believe that. You believe what you want to believe and everybody will go to the same place. Isn't that crazy? It's like we can all do whatever we want to do, but we'll all end up in the same place. That, that makes no sense at all. Uh, Jesus said, I am the door. So there ain't no other way in. Oh, they, they, we all believe in the same God. They just call them different names. Nah, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one. So, but, but he didn't save you just so you could be saved by yourself and never, ever let anybody know what he did for you. When you look in the book of Ezekiel, this is one of my favorite uh, passages in Ezekiel, 30, I'm not going to read all of 36, it's just too, too good, but uh, back in Ezekiel 36, he begins to talk about how he will give us a new heart. He'll take out that heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. He's going to sprinkle us with clean water, and we're going to be clean, and, and uh, when he puts this, this, his spirit in us, then we're going to keep his ways and keep his statutes, and he's, he's telling us all these things. But then he says this in verse 33, Thus saith the Lord, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and the waste, the places that were destroyed, will be builded. And the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. So everybody came by, saw it in one fashion, but when they come by again, they're going to see it in a new fashion. He's talking about us. He said, they've seen you before Jesus, now they're going to see you after Jesus. And they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden. Well, that was where everything was right. 
And he said, people will see that I make things right. And the waste and the desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and they are inhabited. He said, then the heathen that are left round about you, they shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. And so you see that what he does in you and in me is so others can see what he can do. And we are not to bottle up what he's done and act like he ain't done nothing. And to act like, you know, uh, I got my salvation. I'm going to keep it brand new and scuff free. And, and it's going it's, to, you know, it's just going to be. We love to keep things new. You ever, you ever buy a new car? Anybody love new car smell? Don't you wish it would just stay like that? It don't. <laughs> but you know what? This don't ever wear out. The Holy Ghost don't ever wear out. What God gave you don't ever wear out. You, you, you can't use it up. It's, it's, a, it's always springing up in the everlasting life. You know, it's just a, a, a rivers of living water. And so it's there for other people to partake of. That fountain, it, it ain't just for you. You're going to give somebody else that's thirsty a drink if you share the gospel. Hello. Hey, I get it. Because here's, here's where people will say, no, Pastor, you know, Peter also said in Acts 2 and 40, he said, Save yourself. Well, he did say that, and that's true. Because again, nobody else can save you. You're going to have to make the decision on your own. Paul said in Philippians 2 and 12, you know, he said this, Pastor, that we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It's, it's, it's about me. Both these scriptures refer to the fact that only you can decide for yourself to be saved. Nobody can force you, drag you to it, uh, inject you with it put it on you, ain't nothing like that. You've got to make the decision to accept the offer that Christ gives. You've got to hear his voice while he's knocking on the door and you have to open and let him in. He does not come in. He could walk through the wall, but he's not going to open that door unless you open the door. We must obey the scripture. No one can do that for you. And then once we are born again, according to the word, we are, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Just leave that up for just a second. Don't even take that down. So by one spirit we are baptized into one body, but we know the body is one member. The spirit is the great unifying factor. Oh, Peter said in Acts 2 and 39, said, For the promise is unto you and to your children and all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This Spirit, this Holy Ghost, it's for any and everybody. And when, when they get that, they become part of the body. Doesn't matter if they're Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, white, black, uh, Asian, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. One body. Because that, that spirit is the great unifying factor. And if that spirit, if that's what it does, when it moves into us, why or where did we lose that unifying factor of the spirit? You know, the Bible talks about for us not to quench the spirit. One of the greatest things that the spirit ever did was to bring people together. We want the Spirit because we want to see miracles. 
gifts of healing, gifts of faith. We, we want the chill bumps. We want to speak in tongues. We, we, want, we want to see all the things that we want the shaking and the juking and the jiving and the things that the Spirit gives. But initially, what it did was took devout men from every nation in Jerusalem, poured out upon them, and it unified them. It made them all part of the body. And then when it fell on Cornelius' house, those Gentiles, it made them part of the body. When it fell on that eunuch going across the desert, he became part of the body. When they went down to Samaria and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they became part of the body. When Paul ran across the, the, uh, John's disciples in Acts 19, guess what? They were filled with the Holy Ghost, part of the body. That's what the Spirit has done, and that's what it will do. And we have a responsibility to the body to promote unity. There's a big old I in unity, in case you don't realize that. There's a very big I in unity. And so, back to Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes this letter to the church. It's, it's, you know, you can't take these letters and just take them to anybody, to somebody who don't know nothing about the Lord because it don't apply yet. I said yet because this letter was written to the saints, to the church, to those that already knew the Lord. And he says, and I'm just going to go back through. So here's what Paul's saying. Paul, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, he said, I beseech you. So I'm just going to read like he's talking to me. He said, I'm, I'm, I must walk worthy of the vocation wherewith I'm called. What will help me do this is with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, I must be willing to forbear others in love. And then I must endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace because there is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Or let me, I skipped a verse, didn't I? There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. So there's one in me, unity, just one. Here's, uh, this is a letter to the church. I have a responsibility as a saint of God, as a born-again believer, Holy Ghost-filled child, to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. What's the Spirit do? It brings people into the body. So I need to be working on keeping uh, that work of the Spirit functioning well. It's part of my job. If you looked, uh, hey, bring, my, bring my board over here, man. Uh, I, I like to do this old I grew up with chalkboards. This ain't chalk, but I grew up with boards and teaching. And sometimes I just like to write stuff down and, and show stuff because uh, we're, we're going to see what. Um, uh, hey, hey, somebody, Landon, help him. Y'all pick it up and set it set it up here. Because if I walk down there, this thing, this microphone may squelch. And so be careful because that thing, somebody took the wing nuts off of it and it'll. There you go. Everybody can see that, can't you? See that? All right. Thank you, guys. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it for you. But if you look up Merriam-Webster, this is what I looked up today. 
Unity. First definition, the quality or state of not being multiple. But then out beside it, it said oneness. I didn't write that. It was in the, the dictionary. The second one, a condition of having harmony. Accord. They were in one accord. So the quality or state of being made one, unification. What did the Spirit, what's the Spirit do? It took Greeks and it took Gentiles, it took uh, Jews, it took free, it took bond, and it made them one. It, it, it made them one, unified them. Unity sounds a lot like a church word, right? Sounds like uh, with, without a doubt, unity is a church principle. You will not survive on your own because just like we're part of a body, go ahead when you get home tonight, take some snips and cut your finger off and see if it lives. No, don't. That's the same way. Don't disconnect yourself from the body or you'll die. The, hey, if, I, if this hand gets cut off and I just keep it, there's no doubt. That's my hand, but it's dead. And after a while, they ain't nothing can happen to make it right. I can say all day long, oh, yeah, I still got my hand. It's in the box, but it's dead. And people will say, oh, I still got my faith. Might be dead because we've got to be unified. Look, so, okay, let's do this. Let's take the eye out. Again, this is what the other day when they were on that podcast and thing talking, I was like, uh, this, this jumped into my mind. I said, Right in the middle of that word unity, there's an I. Now, when I take the I out of you, at first I thought, well, that don't mean nothing. Until I looked and found out that that's the old spelling of untie. So untie is actually still a word. We, we usually spell it untie. But when you take the I out, it changes unity completely. It changes the meaning completely. Now it means to loose, untie, undo, unfasten, you know, to loose it. Uh, it, it change, the eye changes everything. But when, when you untie something, it's separated. It's not together. But when you put the eye, when I get back involved, well, I think I'm a little more excited about this than anybody else. Listen. The eye changes everything. Whether it's present or whether it's absent, the eye matters. Hey, when you're not here, it matters. When you're here, it matters. Because the eye, take the eye out, things start coming undone. Things start coming unfastened. Things start, you know, you, 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 you know what, what, what I always hear people say that they miss a lot? The next conversation I had with them, I don't feel connected. You know why? Because you ain't there. Because here or there, I affects the meaning of the word. I don't want to be uh, loosed from this. I don't want to be unfastened in my faith. I, 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 I want to uh, promote the unity of the spirit. When, when we untie, we, we're, we're separating things. You know, I mean, this is a, yeah. U-N-T-Y, that's an old, Shakespeare used it. Read some of Shakespeare's plays, you'll see that. It's, it's in there. That's how old that is. But it means what it means. And it, that's what I thought about. I said, when the I is inserted, it changes. 
changes it all. It no longer means. It, it can't mean, no matter what you want to think, it cannot mean anything now but, but oneness, accord, and unification. But when you take the eye out, it can't mean anything. No matter how bad you want to think it does, it won't mean anything but to loose, untie, undo, or unfasten. That's what it'll mean. It matters where I am. The I in unity, you and I, that's us. The church is made up of a bunch of eyes. <laughs> you know, and so we, we need to remember that we are important. It is part of our job. It is description once we're filled with the Spirit of God because that's what the Spirit of God was always doing. It was bringing them together. And we need to be trying to bring people together, not push them apart. They, when the eye is gone, the word is, they're completely opposite. And so I don't want to be loose or separated from being made one, from accord, from harmony, or from oneness. I want to be connected and so as individuals, as a bunch of eyes, we are equipped because of the spirit that lives in us to bring unity, to help keep unity in the body, and not to glorify ourselves. That's never what we were saved for, to glorify ourselves. We were not uh, uh, saved so we could just look out for number one. If I remove the I, then I go right back to being undone. I go back to where I was before the Spirit moved in. Undone, loosed, unfastened, separated from God. Now, that's everybody's job. The I in unity. But then you do have people who have different positions and callings as we read in the second part of this our opening text in Ephesians 11 it says and God gave some apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers these are you know what we would say these are leaders in the church these are you know they uh, they have been called and they've got this calling on their life and 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 God is, is going to use them and uh uh, he says, and these people are here for the perfecting of saints, work of the ministry, edifying of the body of Christ, uh, till we all come into unity. Anything you're doing with a calling on your life should be leading to unity. If you are self-promoting so that you can just have this as a job or a career or a bunch of, you know, uh, people just saying, hey, I know him or you know, whatever, that, that's the wrong thing. God didn't call you and give you a calling or an anointing for any of those things. He said, if you are a pastor, you're here for the perfecting of the saints. You're here to preach to the, the you're here to feed my sheep. You're here to help others be part of the body to survive. You're here to promote unity. They can all come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or complete man Unto the fullness of the measure of the stature, or to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He said, We don't want them tossed around anymore. We want them unified. We want people brought together, rooted and grounded, built up in, in, the, in the word and built up in the love of, of God. And so um, the eye of unity is most important to those who are found in position. Listen to these words right here. 
I have a calling. Well, there's an I in that. Every one of these words I'm going to say, positions, I, appointments, I, giftings, I, anointings, I. You just keep going on and on. All of these have an I, but they do not work properly according to God's plan if the I is ever removed from unity. You can't take the I out of unity and, and put it in and say, now I've got a calling. That I's got to stay in unity first and foremost. I'm going to give you a, an example here. Um, everybody knows, or maybe you know, hope you read it, but you know the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was very burdened because Jerusalem had been burned, the gates were burned, the walls were broken down. He, was, he got word of that. He was brokenhearted. The king saw that he was upset. He said, what's happening with you? You know, why are you so sad? What's going on? He, he lays his case out before him. He says, well, just tell me what you need and how long you're going to be gone. Go fix your city. Go take care of it. I'm, of course, I'm paraphrasing and, and running through the scripture right quick. But um, So he does, and he gets there, and he goes and he meets with all the elders and all the, the people, of those older people of Jerusalem, and he's talking to them. He's, he's there. But he goes out by night, looks at the city, sees what's going on, comes back to talk to them. And this is what he says in Nehemiah 2 and 18. He said, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. Well, a lot of, see, that's where a lot of people just want to stop right there. God's, God's all over me. God's showed me. God's anointed me. God's called me. God's done this in me. God, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. And that. Uh, he, said, he said, I'm telling you, the hand of God was upon me. And he said, and also the king's words that he has spoken unto me. And they, and they said, after they found out that the hand of God was on him, they said, let us. Rise up and build. So they strengthen their hands for this good work. He used his position to inspire people to unify and to go to work. If God has anointed you, if God has called you, if God has put you in a position, it is so that you can bring the body together for the work of the kingdom. Not to build your own commune, not to build your own cult, not to build your own following, but so that the work of the kingdom can get done. And Nehemiah did not lift himself up and say, you're going to do everything I say to do in this, that. But, but he was, but with humbleness and meekness, all these things that Paul said we need uh, to perfect that walk, he, he, was, he was just lowly and meek, but he told them about it. And then in verse 20, he said, I answered, he, they had a lot of people come against him and, and, and despised him and laughed at him. He, he said, I answered them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. He's not, he, God's going to take care. God will prosper us because we're in this together. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. He said, but you don't have any portion in this and, and, or no memorial in, in Jerusalem. And he let them go. And then in verse uh, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. They got it done because one man who had a calling on his life said, this ain't about me, it's about the work. And he was able to inspire people to get together and work, even when they were being attacked, they were working with their swords in their hand. 
working with one hand, sword in the other. People keeping watch uh, through the night, making sure no enemies were coming up to attack. I mean, they, they worked under peril of their life, but it was worth it. One man, just I, one eye, had the ability to unify a people and the work got done. That's why the I is so important in unity. Every child of God is important to unity. Yeah, every child of God. But leaders, hear me, teachers and, and those that, that lead and that are in positions, listen, it's so important, so vital. That as uh, if you have a calling and an anointing and, and God's put this on your life, that you make sure that your purpose is to unify people for the work. And in First Kings, I'm gonna, now I, I got to flip the coin uh, for a second. In First Kings, uh, Solomon has passed away. His son Rehoboam is coming into power, and uh, at that time, Israel. All the, the ten tribes of Israel, everybody except Benjamin and Judah, were kind of under Solomon's thumb a little bit where they paid a tribute and they came to Rehoboam and said, look, just lighten up just a little bit and we will serve you. And he said, well, just go away for a few days, let me counsel. And he asked the old men, he said, what should I do? And they said, man, just if you'll let up a little bit, he said, they'll serve you the rest of your life. All 12 tribes can be together. He said, well, let me see what these, all these young cats that I just brought in with me are going to say. And they said, man, tell them my little finger will be bigger than my father's loin, and, and I'm going to chastise you with scorpions, and I'm going to make it so hard on you and do all these things. And so when he started talking like that, 1 Kings 12 and 16, uh, Israel, when Israel saw that he, the king hearkened not to them, the people answered the king, and they said, what portion have we in David? Neither have we an inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. And now you see to your own house, David. So Israel departed unto their tents. And in verse 19 it says, So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. He had an opportunity. He was the king. He was the king, anointed king. He was there. He had the ability right there to unite the 12 tribes of Israel, to bring them all together. But, oh, no, I'm going to do what I say. I'm going to do It's all about, and guess what? They said, well, tell you what, we'll see you. We're headed to our tents. Take care of yourself, house of David. We're gone. And nobody was left but Judah and Benjamin. Until this day is what it said. So you, you see how, how important it is to understand that this is not about, even if you're the king, it, it, it's not just about I, I, I. You've got people under you. You've got a nation under you. And, and that's like as a pastor, it's not just about me. We're, gonna do, we're only going to do what I say to do, and it's going to be like this. And mm, That's not unity. I am the pastor. I am the shepherd. I am the watchman on the wall for this congregation. But we are in this kingdom work together. And it won't be, there won't be nobody to watch over if I, if I try to lift myself up as some kind of ruler and dictator in the house of God, that don't work. It's about us. It's about us. And just like Nehemiah, the hand of God was on him, but he didn't use that as an excuse to lift himself up. He knew God had called him to do this, but he used it to unify people. And that's what our new birth is about. It was never meant 
to be used for us alone, but it was meant uh, when we have the Spirit in us, it seeks to unify. The book of Acts says that, that God made of one blood all nations of men. Well, that's what we're supposed to be understanding, that the Spirit is here to unify with no Jew, no Greek, no, no circumcision, uncircumcision, he said, but it's a new creature that matters. We want people to be new creatures in Christ. United us all. That's what the Spirit did. The Bible says God concluded or united us all in unbelief so he could have mercy on all of us. Even in our salvation, he had to unify us under unbelief so he could have mercy on all of us. And so just like the eye is important in unity, I am important in unity. And so that means you, because you're an I as well. You are important in unity. If I, if I am found anywhere, I want it to be unity. Not, listen, because you'll hear a familiar letter. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be found in sin. I don't want to be found in evil. I don't want to be found in pride, lie, liar, gossip, bitter, deceiver, thief, backslid. I just keep going. But you see, I could wind up a lot of places that won't be good. But in unity, we've got to realize, look at that, I got to the end of my notes so quick. I knew. Didn't have to be long to, be, to, to, to say it, did it? To get it. Ah. Let's, let's look at that. Oh, see what happens when, you, when, when I'm not here, when the eye's not there? So every time you think about I'm just not going today, that's what happens. I just ain't going this week, that's what happens. I just won't be there, that's what happens. God didn't baptize us uh, into the body for us to pick and choose what we wanted to do. He said, you are the light. There's no, you know, there's no decision making in that. Well, I don't want to be a light. <laughs> well, well, you won't be like that. Uh, but... Um, but he said, no, that's it. You don't, I, I don't have a, a list of things that you, I, I'd rather be a, can I, can I be a car? Can I be something else? No, you're going to be the light, and you're going to let that light shine like this so that people will see what you're doing. He, he said, let your light shine so people will see your good works. I figured out why people keep the light off. There ain't nothing to see. If we're not doing the work of the kingdom, what is there to see? But oh, when we will just say, I am just going to jump right in the middle of it. Right. And oh, look how it changes. Yes. No more untied or undone or unfastened, but now unified, accord, oneness, yes. harmony, all the good stuff. Right. That's what I want to be. Right. And so I don't want to take everything, well, I, 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 I'm the pastor, so I don't have to be unified. I can just take care of myself. I can just...
preach a little bit, take the offering, and you know, sleep late and eat fried chicken, play golf, whatever it is they think we do, you know, and uh, that's how it's going to be. But, but I am part of this as well, and so I'm in it with my people. You know, I, I'm in it with my people because that's that's how you show un- unity. I'm in it with you. You know, we say it around here a lot of times. You go, I go. You know, we we don't let people just just go. You know, uh, and just we, we're going to be there. We're going to do everything we can because we're we're a body, it's, and we're unified in in this. And so, uh, I hope this has helped you. I hope I hope this is is uh kind of awakened your mind to you know. God didn't just save me so I could just go and clap my hands on Sunday, but I'm supposed to be bringing people into this. I'm supposed to be helping people get to the uh, quality or state of being made one. I'm, I'm trying to get people into a place of harmony, and, and I'm trying to get them to oneness. You know, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You know, and uh, so I'm thankful for unity tonight. Honey, you can come if you, you want to come and play something. We'll, we'll stand and pray and then we'll just be dismissed tonight and and uh look at that so you can everybody can see her over there playing and singing <laughs> i want to block block you darling i'll, I'll I'd, i need to stand behind that let's stand together tonight just thankful thankful i man i don't want to be by myself and that's weird for an introvert to say but when it comes to this kingdom work, I don't want to be by myself trying to trying to do all this on, on my own. I, I, I'm thankful to be part of the body because of the way I got there. The God of all creation filled us with his spirit and that made us part of the body. Isn't that something? And as long as I believe, I'm going to be there. It's unbelief that breaks you off. I don't want to be broken off. I, don't want, I want to stay grafted in. So let's just lift our hands tonight for just a moment. And just, Lord, help me to to be that I in unity. Help me to be the I tonight, Lord, in unity. Lord, we love you and praise you and we thank you in this house. Thank you for just opening our minds and our understanding. And Lord, I pray that a burden will be laid on our hearts, Lord, to help work and to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. Lord, we want this body to grow. We want the body to be healthy. We want it to flourish, not just this congregation, but all over this world. God, we want the body, the bride of Christ, to grow and to flourish and to to be in the unity of the faith. Let us come more into the knowledge of you, our Savior and our King. God, we're just going to praise you for it. Lord, I pray for all those that have removed themselves that they'll find a way back, Lord, that they'll come back into the unity of the faith. God, we're going to praise you for these things. Thank you for these wonderful people tonight. Bless them and keep them as they go their way. Lord, let them win somebody to the kingdom. Lord, give them a soul. Put somebody in their path that they can testify to, that they can shine that light. God, we're just going to praise you for all these things, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Hallelujah. I am glad to be part of the body with all of you. 
Love you very much. Thank you for being in Wednesday night service. And invite somebody to church on Sunday. Remember, uh, what time does the cleaning start on Saturday? 9 o'clock Saturday morning here. We'll be having a work day at the church if you'd like to come by. And uh, they're going to be deep cleaning some of the rooms. And uh, we'll have a, a roll-off dumpster here. They're getting rid of some of that old carpet and different things that are going on. So uh, be here for a while on Saturday. Uh, pray for me. I won't be here Sunday. I am preaching in Columbus, Georgia on Sunday. and uh, But the kids' service is at 11 o'clock. Back to school service is at 12. It's going to be great. And it's uh, going to be a good time. So come, bring your kids, bring your nieces, nephews, bring somebody, invite them to church on Sunday. Uh, the 11 o'clock um, kids' service will be phenomenal. I know it will be, and I'm sure the, the 12 o'clock back to school service will be just as good. So invite somebody, be here. I'm looking forward to hearing a good report. And pray for your pastor as he goes off to preach. All right? God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. <laughs>